This is a church building. A church building. A church building. But I want us to take a moment to remember. This is not the church. Not the church. The church is reaching out to the orphan and to the widow. The church is supporting human rights work around the globe. The church is showing our community who Jesus is through his hope and his love. The church is you. Is you. Is you. This is a church building. This is not the church. The presence of God started in the garden, moved to the tabernacle and then to the temple, and now the presence of God lives in his people. Lives in you. In you. In you. This is a church building. This is not the church. So whether we're meeting in this building, in this building, at a coffee shop, in a small group somewhere, out serving in the community, or just gathering together online, wherever we are, this is a church building. We are the church. We are the church. We are the church. We are the church. What's going on for NEPA Live family? Episode number seven, and it's going to be a whale of a time uh, this evening. Don't know if you could see that, but hint, hint, that comes later. Uh, so we're so excited. I'm here with my friends Denise and Chris. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. So good. Awesome. I saw Wayne. He still has his beard. That's unfortunate. Right. So, you know what that means? We haven't reached 300 followers on our Instagram. So, if you have not followed it yet, or you just want to invite a bunch of friends because you want to see Wayne's yes. face shaved funny, go follow the 4NEPA Live Instagram page. We're at 76. I checked before we okay. came up here. We got to get to 300 uh, for it. Wayne to shave. So, get it there. Share it with your friends. Do you guys have anything else to say? That's about it. That's it. Sounds good to me. Episode 7. Let's hit it. Why, hello and good morning. It's me, Corey Keen, and I'm here with your survival guide and life hacks for living through the quarantine. That's right. So, I just woke up, so rise and shine, everybody. First thing I gotta do is stretch out. Stretch my face too. Oh, I got an itch under my nose every morning. I gotta stretch that itch right under my nose. No, no, I gotta get it right to the left. Here we go. Okay, excellent. And just wipe it on my sleeve and we're good to go. Alright, so after I wake up and stretch out, it's time for some grub. Alright, mm, I'm gonna walk over to the kitchen here and grab some cereal. Cheerios, they're outstanding, and I uh, grab the Cheerios, and I gotta find my favorite bowl, there it is, a bright orange bowl, and then I gotta pour the Cheerios in the bowl. Very simple, but step-by-step -step instructions are important on these tutorials. That's excellent, yeah. I'm trying to cut back in portion control, there we go, good. And I, then I just put my bowl down, usually between my feet, all right, and I just kind of rest it there, good. And, uh, oh no, I'm all out of milk this morning, but no problemo. I like to take yogurt sometimes and just use that instead. So, uh, yep, I'll just peel off the top of that yogurt. Greek yogurt, 0% milk fat, woo! And then I grab a spoon and, uh, yep, scoop it out. And I like to then just put the yogurt right inside my cereal. It's very good. Now, it's kind of lumpy, 
Uh, that's all I need probably. Oh, blueberry yogurt, great. It's a little bit lumpy, all right? And so sometimes I just like to <clears throat> just spit in it a little bit so I can just get it all liquidious. All right, good. And then I just put the yogurt aside and I am ready to eat some Cheerios for breakfast. All right, oh boy. I need to scoop them up and mmm. Crunchy. All right. Very good. Breakfast is dirt. Oh, but I'm a little short on protein. That got my fiber. That, that's all the cereal I need for the morning. I'm going to grab an egg for some protein. There we go. Oh, there. I keep my egg right there. Good. And um, I like to do it like Rocky. I got the eye of the tiger. All right. And I got a crack. Wait. Oh, okay. Rocky likes to just take the yolk, the the uh, egg. He doesn't need to cook it. He likes to crack it right in the right in the glass. Good. Yep. And then he breaks it and makes it get yeah, all good. And then he just drinks it down. Here we go. Mm -mm. That's right. Here we go. Always helps to wash down the eggs. All right. Oh, there we go. Mmm, chug a lug. Oxy. <coughs> the breakfast champions. Very good. I'm Denise from Servant Church. Let's spend some time in worship. Let's praise the one who made us, who knows us, and who is for us.
Hi, my name is Sean, and I'm from Nebo Baptist Church and Cross Creek's Youth Group. Let us pray for tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for letting us meet during this difficult time, and thank you for loving us throughout everything we do. Please help us to stay prepared during this entire quarantine and help us to love others as you have loved us. As you, as you have said in John 15, love each other as I have loved you. Lord, we give this night of worship to you and the rest of the week to you as we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Worship while you wash. Please don't go nowhere. There. You hear that? Okay, um, okay, listen, if, if this gets to the broadcast, if you're seeing this, just don't believe them. Whatever they say about me, just don't believe Worship while you wash. I'm not with the police, but I know exactly what you did. Well, first of all, congratulations on the spooky voice. Second of all, I have no idea what you're talking about. I didn't do anything. Worship while you wash has been pretty fun for you, huh? That is who you are. I got that. Hey. I got that. Yeah, I mean, we have to wash our hands, so singing a worship song to make sure you do that for the right amount of time, it's like a good way to turn to God in an otherwise menial task. Yeah, and that 30 second interval is pretty important, right? It's just 30 seconds in between all my fingies. Yeah, that's like the whole thing. So keeping the integrity of that 30 seconds is pretty important, isn't it? Not cause I'm afraid being wise, staying safe. Look, I don't know what you're trying to insinuate here, but I really don't There is a timer on every YouTube video. But you thought you were smarter. You thought you were going to get away with it. Okay, so what exactly are you accusing me of? Worship while you wash. Well, hey guys, welcome to week three of our series, Us For Them. Reminder, there'll be a Q&R session in just a little bit. So as we're going through the teaching, if any questions pop up at you, make sure you drop them in the chat. We've been exploring the idea of rivalries, right? And tonight I wanted to propose a question. Have you ever wanted someone to fail? Maybe you play sports and you prayed before a game that, that your team would win. Maybe you want someone on your own team to fail so that you could get a better position. Maybe you don't play sports, but you felt that in other areas, whether that be in grades, uh, drama club, friends group, uh, sibling rivalry, maybe, maybe at a job you wanted a coworker's position or, or were jealous of the attention that they were getting. Think about a time you wanted someone to fail. It turns out there's actually a word for that exact feeling. It's a German word. It's Schadenfreude or something like that. If you speak German, you can correct me. Try saying that 10 times fast. 
but it's a German word that describes the feeling of joy you have when you see someone else fail. And tonight we're going to do exactly that. We're going to be talking about someone in the Bible who felt this way, and that person was Jonah. If you grew up in church or spent any time around the Bible, you may have heard about Jonah before. He's the guy whose last name you probably thought was and the whale. What you may have missed about Jonah's story, though, is that Jonah was a prophet sent by God to the people in a city called Nineveh. Nineveh was a huge city with a terrible reputation. A lot of people really hated Nineveh, including Jonah. Why? Well, Nineveh was the capital of a kingdom of Assyria. Assyrians were guilty of conquering the nation of Israel, and with all that conquering came rape and murder and destruction of the nations they conquered. If you grew up watching Veggie Tales, you might have also known them as the people who slapped other people with fish. As we, as we continue in our story tonight, we pick it up in Jonah 1, 1 through 3. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amatea. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and he went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leading for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board hoping to escape from the Lord. You ever have that feeling when your parents ask you to clean your room? That, that, that seems to be how Jonah felt. Jonah did what you probably did to your parents once or twice. I mean, I, mean, I know I've never done this personally, right? He totally ignored God's direction and heads anywhere but Nineveh. Jonah was not interested in preaching to the Ninevites. In fact, he hated them. He didn't want to talk to them. He was probably hoping if he could delay long enough that God would just go ahead and destroy them instead. If you spent some time around church in Sunday school or watching Veggie Tales, you know what happens next. The boat gets caught in a huge storm. Jonah realizes that it's actually all his fault, and he gets thrown into the ocean where he's swallowed by a huge fish. He spends three days there in the fish's stomach. You could find the rest of that story in Jonah 1. But the most incredible thing about this story is not that Jonah became some fish's breakfast, but rather just how far he was trying to go to avoid God's command to help his enemies. Jonah's disobedience to God and his hatred for his enemies led to some pretty ridiculous consequences. Speaking of ridiculous, this hat, but you got to love fish and veggie tails. In Jonah 2, we find that while Jonah was in the stomach for three days, Jonah repents. He changes his mind, and he decides to obey God. He prays this awesome prayer, and God gives Jonah a second chance. And this time, Jonah obeys. He goes to Nineveh. In Jonah 3, we find that the story continues, that on the day he entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. 
So it's a miracle, right? Jonah shows up. He's a stranger in the city. He tells everyone he sees, hey, guys, heads up. God's going to destroy you if you don't get your act together. He tells them to check themselves before they wreck themselves. And for reasons we'll see in just a second, it's possible Jonah didn't do a great job of this. Like, you know, like when you really don't want to do those chores that you're supposed to do, you may have put in as little effort as possible. That's kind of how I imagine Jonah is prophesying to Nineveh. He's walking around the city. He's like, all right, guys, you should repent now, please. He's repeating the same line over it for three days. He doesn't really want them to. But amazingly, despite Jonah's best or worst efforts, the people of Nineveh believe him and they repent. They turn from their evil ways and God says, great, now I don't have to destroy you. And that's it, right? Problem solved, case closed, God's will is done. But there's one more chapter of Jonah. You see, Jonah learned that just as much as God is for us, he's for our enemies. Thanks to Jonah, God spared Nineveh from destruction. But Jonah was angry. Jonah wanted his enemies to burn, and now it's his fault that they had repented. He's like, don't forget about all the horrible things the Assyrian people had done. I mean, you can even kind of understand where he's coming from, right? I mean, can you imagine hating someone or a group of people so much that you actually want them to die? Maybe you don't want someone to die, but there may be that person that you're afraid God would forgive them. He, Jonah sits and he watches from a distance to see if God's going to destroy the city. It doesn't happen, and Jonah's sitting there for a long time. It's hot out. He's uncomfortable. His only comfort's from this tree that's giving him shade. And then that tree dies, and Jonah's even more upset. God's like, Jonah, really? Like, you're mad about this dead plant, but you were excited about 120,000 people being wiped out? Jonah hated his enemies so much that he stopped seeing them as people. To him, they weren't human. They were disposable. The, the hatred and indifference Jonah felt for the people of Nineveh is the kind of hatred and indifference that has caused some of the darkest moments of human history. God needed Jonah to understand that he had it all wrong. What about you? Do you think Jonah was wrong for feeling that way? What about in your own life? Do you have enemies that you're afraid God will forgive? What, what does it mean that God is for our enemies? What do you think, Jake? In the last two weeks, we've been talking about how God is for us, that he calls us to be for others, and not just for those that we like, not just for those who are like us or we enjoy being around. He calls us to be for our enemies as well, and we saw that through the Jonah story and narrative. You see, God asked Jonah to do the same thing, to be for his enemies, which was not easy for him, and it's probably not easy for us to think about. But here's the thing. God never asks us to do something that he was not willing to do himself. And we see that in Romans chapter 5, verses 8 to 10 that says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we not be saved through his life? The Ninevites, they needed compassion and love, and that is what God sent them through Jonah. And God sent it to us through his son, Jesus. 
We were his enemies, and that is our reality. But even in the midst of being his enemies, God sent his son to show us love, compassion, and save and saving us. So it's not easy. But Jonah's attitudes and feelings were not completely unjustified. His enemies had killed, abused, and conquered his own people. There was a lot of bitterness and anger there. Maybe you can relate to Jonah. Maybe you have had a, a similar experience of hurt and, and abuse. And if you have, I am truly sorry. What I can tell you, if that's you, is that God understood Jonah's anger. It didn't surprise him. And he understands your anger right now. Or maybe the anger you've had in the past. So I'm not going to tell you to forgive and forget your enemies. That's not what I'm here to say. I'm not here to tell you to forgive them for what they have done right now. Rather, if it has happened for you, what I would love for you to do is tell a leader, tell someone you trust that can help you process the pain and the hurt in a, in a good way and in a way where you're not doing it alone. And what I'm asking for all of us in general is that we have a conversation with God about our enemies. Just like Jonah did. And so the first part of that conversation is when I say enemies, who comes to mind? Who has hurt you? Who have you not forgiven? Who would you love to see fail? Who do we wish everyone else disliked? Who do you wish God would just kind of take out right now, destroy already? So take a moment. Think about that. So now that you have a name, or at least a face in mind, I want you to ask yourself these questions. How does it feel to hear that God is for that person? What do you want to ask or, or say to God right now? Or how do you need God to help you transform the way you see that person? Those are tough questions. The first part is probably pretty easy. Those probably come to mind pretty fast. But these question, these last questions that I just asked, they were at least tough for me. Because deep down, it's easier to hold on to the anger. It's easier to not give forgiveness. And even while I've been preparing and wrestling with this topic, it, it showed me that no matter what age or place you are in life, you're going to wrestle with this thing. You're going to wrestle that God is for our enemies. But something that I had to remember, and I hope uh, you remember today too, is that in the darkest moments in human history, more often than not, those moments happen due to hatred, bitterness, anger, rage, vengefulness. But the brightest moments, which we've seen some during this pandemic, happen with compassion and love winning. The brightest moments happen when compassion and love are winning. See, God brought us hope when we were his enemies. So now we have the privilege and we need to share that hope to others, including those who in our lives are hard to love. No matter who they are, no matter what that enemy has done, every single person is created uniquely in the image of God. And those individuals need to hear it. 
You see, my hope is that we can start to ask, what would it look like if I was for my enemies like God is? What would it look like if I remembered that hurt people hurt people? It's not easy. Do not get me wrong. But God will do amazing things when we choose love over hate, compassion over anger and vengefulness or bitterness. This is not an easy topic for probably any of us. But the truth remains that God is not just for us, but he's for our enemies too. All right, all right, all right. It is game time here. And we talked about Jonah and we talked about saying yes to God. All right, so we're gonna play a bobblehead game where you have to nod up and down. We're gonna practice saying yes here with your youth leaders, all right? So for this game, all right, that we're gonna start in a minute but not yet, it is called bobblehead where they have a pedometer strapped to their head, all right? And they're gonna see how many steps they can get by shaking their head up and down. Now guys, uh, you are gonna be doing quick ones, all right? Tim's cheating. Tim's cheating, oh, uh, here we go, all righty. The, the accusations of, of cheating. So here's, I'll make sure to go by and reset you all to zero before we start, make sure we're on a level playing field here, all right? And uh, you gotta love, uh, you guys aren't enemies up here, uh, but you're, not so, yet. Uh, not yet. <laughs> so, this game of bobblehead is gonna be, uh, it's quick ones up and down. We're not headbanging out here, okay? Uh, I know we got some metal fans here, yeah. Uh, so, uh, and we're gonna see who can get the most. But before we do, I wanna hear some weird things that maybe you have said yes to before, maybe something you regret saying yes to. Uh, you got something for us? I'm already beginning to regret saying yes to this game. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Good. All right. Excellent. Other stuff here. Yeah, what do we yeah. got? Um, so episode one, I told a story about where I jumped off a bridge because my friends asked me to, and it hurt a lot. Wow. Wow. Excellent. That like answers the question. If someone told you to jump off a bridge or your, all your friends did it, would you? Great. Uh, Wayne, you got something for us? Yeah, man. Uh, when my wife was in college, she sang with this traveling ladies group, and I thought, oh, what's the big deal? Me driving a whole bunch of girls around? That was the weirdest experience of my life. I did not know what it was like to be outnumbered by girls like that and they really took advantage of it so like I felt super awkward and weird and I just tried to put you know earbuds in and just drive the whole way it was really awkward there we go there we go anyone else here Excellent. I said yes to a pair of red skinny jeans when I was in middle school, and they weren't cool then. Uh, and that was something I regretted saying yes to at that time. So I'm going to make sure all these guys are at zero, and don't move a muscle after I reset you here, all right? And remember, it's going to be quick ones up and down, not side to side, all up and down, and we're going to see the most. Now, you guys can comment out there and tell us if you guys think these they're gonna get over or under 60. Let's say over or under, you can comment out there. You can also comment about who you think's gonna win uh, out there, all right? You gotta cheer on uh, your favorite here, all right? And uh, so I wanna see comments flying in there about who you think's gonna win. We'll see who's right here. And we got 30 seconds here, all right? Quick ones up and down. And then when I say freeze, you gotta freeze on your mark. Get set, 
Go, go, go. Here we go. Look at these bobbles going here. Wow, we got some quick ones going. Look at Ricky Wayne's got the full body action going. Excellent. Very good. <laughs> Look at Brian's mouth. There he's going. They're getting light now. Control I can your tell. breathing. I probably should have set a control clock. I don't even know. Really, yes. 30 seconds are here. So we're going to go for a 10 second countdown from here. Nine. Eight, seven, six, six, five, four, three, two, one. Freeze, freeze, freeze. All right, there we go. We got 99 right here, which would be enough to win. Yes, still, because we got 95, a close second right there. 68. Ooh, 99 is still the score to beat. 84 right here. So we got 99. And right here we got 80, so we got a winner right over here with DJ! There you go, good job, thanks for playing bobblehead out there. We're gonna go over to Q&R here, take us. Are, are we okay to walk into, I didn't know 30 seconds would be that long, <laughs> It seems like a very long time. Did the room start to go up and down without your head going up and down when you stopped? Uh, a little bit, and oh. uh, it still is moving around pretty good, so. Oh man, so. Welcome, Sam. Welcome you're, you're to really, you. Really, you're really glad you didn't go through that. I am. I but knew my, my brain would be like scrambled eggs. I wouldn't be able to. It wouldn't work out. It was awesome and terrible you're all at the same time. You're not going to ask us questions now, are you? Yeah, I, I do have to do that now. I hope you're ready to. Now, after you rattled your brain, have yeah. an in-depth theological discussion for uh -huh. the masses to, to witness. The cardio workout was worth it, though. Yeah, I think it was. I feel pretty good yeah. now. You did. You did a lot of extra work. For, I was hoping that by you. moving my body up and down with my head, right. that it would give it like a I extra shot. I want to know what DJ's secret is, though. I mean, he, he did really well. He, he hid behind us. I did notice that. I'm oh. going to watch the instant oh. replay. So maybe he... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, I, so I'm glad that you guys are that we get to talk today. I really am. And I love this story of Jonah. And my first question for you is, um, do you have like a team or a celebrity that you just love to hate or that you notice people love to hate? Well, I mean, if you're in this area, there's a lot of people that love to hate the Patriots. And I know we have two Patriots Very fans, true. at least on the team tonight. Sorry. Uh, Brian, Brian and leave Derek, your comments. Uh, <laughs> leave your, you know, leave so, your comments in the comment bar. Yeah. Um, but my kids grew up, for whatever reason, really hating the Patriots. Okay. So, yeah, that's that was our family's team to love to hate. All right. All right. Yeah, for me, I was, uh, when I moved into this area, I noticed that everybody would ask me what team I wanted to mm -hmm. win. And all of a sudden, it was like I just killed somebody if I didn't say... <laughs> The, you know, it was like the Eagles Steelers, the Steelers or Eagles. That was the only ones. That, and then it was like blasphemy if you said anything else. So I'm like, I don't like sports. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm done. I don't need yeah. Says the six foot four well, basketball player. I know, yeah. exactly. Well, and if it was basketball, the only, per the only people that you could like were Pennsylvania teams. Absolutely no one else. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to give up on the whole yeah. sports thing. So. Well, I'm from Pittsburgh. So there oh. isn't really an option in Pittsburgh. It's right. just your Steelers fans, yeah. Penguins, and Pirates. You, you just, that's it. That's it. So, yep. so, yeah. And I think one that like sticks with me that I get like defensive about that people love to hate. I don't love to hate. I love to love. Okay, <laughs> right. it's Justin Bieber. Nobody oh, come at me in the comments. Uh, yeah. Okay. He is 
talented, and I liked his new album. And whenever I admitted that to my friends, I felt like I was being in judged. danger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I texted my friend, and I was like, hey, I have to confess, I really like Bieber's new album. And she's like, are you serious? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I did. It what? is crazy what people get like all worked up about. Yeah. And you're like, this isn't something that we should really be afraid. I'm going to lose my friendship over yeah. you with this. But yeah. there are some things that people just have it ingrained in who they are that they're just like, I don't like them. You're like, why? I don't know. I just don't like them. And you're like, don't. that's not a reason. You just can't not yeah. like somebody. That's yeah. not a reason. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's the way I've experienced it with Pittsburgh sports and the way I've experienced it with Justin Now, who's Bieber. your sport? Like, who, are, who is the rival for Pittsburgh then? Like, well, I don't... for me, it was um, the Browns. Oh, the Browns. It's the Browns or the Ravens. I mean, okay. yeah. yeah. All right. So the Browns, they're the ones that stick in my mind as being like, we just despise them. And still, I don't really know Because the Browns are so good. They go to the Super Bowl all the time. No, and that, it's not that. that does make me, that I have a <laughs> physical reaction to that statement that I can't explain. <laughs> because I've grown up in Pittsburgh. Well, and I think that's what this conversation is so interesting. Because we make enemies out of people that aren't necessarily yeah. a threat. Like, Steelers are so much better then the Browns, from what I can tell, like mm -hmm. I, I'm like, I don't see, I don't see many. Why Browns. should we be upset with yeah, the Browns? Why should you be upset with the Browns? Right. But really, like they're sometimes the unforgiveness and the enemy isn't necessarily the person that you think should be your enemy. So I think this conversation is really valuable. It isn't just for somebody that's like on the top tier of everything. Sometimes you're intimidated and threatened by people who, it doesn't make much sense. Well, certainly, I mean, as we were talking about tonight's story with Jonah, and, yeah. the, you know, there was a reason that, that he could have been upset with them. But at the same time, you know, he was fulfilling an obligation to God. He goes and he does what he's supposed to do. And even after they repent, I mean, how many times does somebody ask for forgiveness, mm. and yet we don't want sure. to forgive and they're serious about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that, that kind of goes into our one of the questions we got. Um, how should we, like, how can we learn to let go and forgive our enemies despite what they may have, like, said or done to us? Like, how can we then, like, move forward from that and forgive? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think, obviously, for each of us, the, the starting point is the asking of forgiveness. Now, can we forgive sure. without them asking? Should we forgive? without them asking. I think we should, uh, but certainly when that asking happens, man, we've got to be willing to say, yes, I forgive you. Now, what we go through inside may take a little longer than it takes for those words yeah. to come out of that our mouths. That is a good yeah. point. Yeah, and a lot of it is that mental decision. You know, like, I don't know what it's like to actually be cool with you right now, but, like, I am choosing that God's justice is bigger than my justice. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's the bigger thing. Um, Jake said that it's easier to be angry with somebody because that's control. Right. Like, wow. I feel like that's I'm so in good. control by being angry at you. It's a false control, though. Totally is. I've heard it said that, that holding bitterness against someone is like drinking poison yourself and hoping they're the ones that die. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, that's the way it is because that bitterness is a poison to us. Yeah. And it's just, it's not worth it. And one of the things I think, um, like, building off of last week, we talked about 
the ability to forgive somebody. Um, and if we don't forgive somebody, we let that bitterness build up inside of us. And then when that bitterness builds up, we like dehumanize people. Mm, we like sure. literally yeah, take away true. their humanity. And so when we think that Jesus died or loves somebody that we would consider our enemy, it's, mm. it's not that God sees them any different. It's that I have stripped your God-likeness, you know, that God That's image so from you so that I can't even see the beauty, the purpose, the, the capacity that God sees you at. So when I, the forgiveness, unforgiveness is the first step. By the time we get to the place where it's an enemy, we can't see the goodness in anybody. Yeah. And we're just like, when somebody even brings it up, you resist it with everything yes. inside of you. That yeah. resisting thing is so like, with the with like forgiveness mm -hmm. like like for forgiveness i always just go back to like i feel like god forgives me the second i ask him to yeah so like i can try and do my very best to like extend that same grace to the people around me because it's what god does for me um but there is that like internal like doesn't feel good yeah it doesn't feel like i don't want to do that i want to maintain like that tough emotion towards it yep um, and that's what Jonah was doing with the, with the people of Nineveh as well. You know, he's, as, as uh, DJ said, he's sitting up on the mountain. He's just waiting for them to die. Then the, mm -hmm. the plant dies that's giving him shade, and he gets angry at that. You know, we, we look at that story sometimes, I think, as a story of obedience, as following God's direction. And I think it is more a story about unforgiveness, about bitterness, yeah. about holding on to that. His last recorded words in the book of Jonah are, I am so angry, I just want to die. Yeah. That's his last recorded words. Wow. I mean, how would, we want, issues. how would we want that on our tombstone? Yeah. He was so wow. angry, he wanted to die. Yeah. That's it. Wow. One of the questions here says, uh, do any of you on the panel have an instance where you didn't want to forgive someone, but you chose anyway? And um, uh, well, for me, like, I didn't have any person that was so incredibly, that, like, stands out that I needed to forgive them. But uh, I started to realize that the people that I wanted to compete with, everything was a competition. Wow. And so every single person that made me insecure, I instantly did not like them and they were an enemy. Wow. So every person, so like I, in, I literally had to shift my way of thinking to go, you know what, Tim, he's incredible at speaking. He's a radio personality. He's a big deal. I'd put him up on a pedestal and I would not get to know somebody based on what I thought about them. Because it was a competition. Because everything was a competition. So when I, I literally to this day, when somebody makes me feel insecure, that yeah. is that moment where I have to go, whoa, this is... This, I'm dehumanizing this person. They are a brother and sister in Christ. Yeah. I intentionally have to get to know this person. And it's, it hasn't left me, it's far sure. less frequent, sure. but it hasn't left me that. with that competition level of mm -hmm. whenever somebody makes me feel insecure, I've dehumanized them and they are now my enemy. Yeah, mm. I totally get that. And yeah. I love that you said like everyone like bears the image of God. Yeah. Like if you can view people that way, I think you become, I personally would become more likely to have grace. Like, you know, that coworker that is really like on my nerves, like is made in the image of Christ and loved by him. Yeah. And so like, 
maybe I need to chill and like check myself a little bit. Right, you check know? yourself before well, the you wreck yourself. I like that, that Wayne said is that he gets outside of himself where he says, you know, this would not be normally what I would do, but I'm gonna put myself yeah. out there and get to know them. I think that if we've got somebody that we're holding a, a grudge against, serving them in oh, some yeah. way, I mean, just wow. stepping outside of our comfort zone mm -hmm. of saying, no, I'm gonna hold in, I'm gonna jump out, yeah. uh, can make a big difference in that. Yeah. Yeah, and it could right. be something super simple, like holding the door for somebody or right. just going out of your way. Maybe your brother has been a jerk and hasn't cleaned up after himself, mm -hmm. so you're actually going to help that person out. Like, sometimes the, the serving your enemy is way more basic than going to this far-off land mm. that Jonah yeah. had to. Those people, he hated those people for good reason. Right. Like, they, they, were, they were evil. And the other part of this story, I think, that we have to come away with, too, is redemption is always possible through the power That's of God. That's so good. Oh, yeah. You know, like, no matter how big of a jerk that person is, yeah. what if Jesus changes their heart? Yeah. What could happen in their life? Yeah, you're never too far gone. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I love it. Amen. I have just two questions that are, like, really good I want to get to because I want to hear what your thoughts are on them. Um, the first one uh, that I'll ask goes, goes to, about forgiveness again. Um, how do you set the line between forgiving people when they wrong you and not letting people walk all over you? What's the line between like, how can we have boundaries with people that have hurt us um, while also forgiving them? What do, you, what do you think about that? That's really it's like tough. It's tough. Yeah. It really is, especially if you're in a situation. If you're in a situation where somebody is continually uh, either physically or mentally or verbally abusing you, you've gotta get out of that situation. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, you can forgive, just don't stay in that situation. I mean, that, that's, I think that's pretty bottom line. Yeah, right? I think forgiveness and trust are two completely different things. You cannot wow. think that I can forgive Tim if we're sitting and hanging out with each other and he punches me, I can forgive him but I'm going to create a distance. I'm gonna create barrier. You know, You're I'm gonna be gonna at be least- Social distance. I'm going right. to social distance from Tim. And a lot of the time we don't distance ourselves either if you're in a situation where there is abuse, you're, you're afraid if you say anything and create that boundary to protect yourself that you are going to be worse off. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so I want you to know that that there are a lot of people who care and, and wanna help you out with that. So you've, yeah, you have sure. to, you like, um, but sometimes we don't leave our friend circle because we're afraid, you know, well, if I leave them, where will I go? Maybe, just maybe somebody is way more of a blessing to you. You haven't been able to talk to because you have not created that distance right. that you need within your social. Um, the cool part about this quarantine thing is we all get to reset our social circles. Yeah. Like every single one of us has the ability to go, I'm gonna change who I'm gonna hang out with, who I'm gonna be. In, in reality, this is redemption for all of us. Yeah. Mm, so. yeah, that's great that you said that because our our very last question for the evening is about who, you, who you're around, who you hang out with. Um, and it says, do you think it's possible to develop a close relationship or a close friendship um, with someone that you, dis that you do disagree with? Um, because, you know, the example in the question is if bad company like corrupts good character, mm -hmm. what's the line then uh, where you are like reaching out to a friend who needs, you're, you're becoming friends with someone, developing a relationship with them, and you like 
Yeah. Do you understand what I'm Where's asking? I'm not being very clear. Level? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, as How parents do you think of that? daughters, <laughs> yeah. go for it, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It is. Because one of the things is, is you, you don't even recognize when you've established that close connection. Sure. So, like, in youth ministry, we have to be familiar with the culture. But as soon as we become entertained by the culture, hmm. what, as soon as I need to engage with it, then I've created a sense of worship. I think it's very similar to relationships. When you get to that place where they are a part of your identity and they are not following Jesus, they are not healthy okay. for you, I think that that's a place where you need to start to distance yourself. Because before you know it, you'll be like, oh, we're just dating, it's okay. Oh, we're just hanging out. And then before you know it, you've got three kids. They don't follow Jesus, you mm -hmm. do. And your kids are trying to figure out if they wanna follow Jesus sure. as well. So, um, and that goes for friends, there's, you know, that are um, in your social circle too. So yeah. I think your, your, biggest, your biggest place is, is this person so essential to who I am? Wow. Um, and do they follow Jesus? That's that dividing line. Yeah, one other thing that you can do on that too is have a, a good friend or a parent that can check that with you. Great. Uh, you know, if, if you say, man, I feel like I'm getting pulled in, and say to your parents, you know, do you see me getting pulled in? Uh, you know, sure. I certainly don't want to do that, but you know, that's, that's a good, having wow. that, that close friend that you can check with. Sure. And, a, and a warning sign of that is if you're defensive when somebody that is one of those good friends oh, right. wow. says, you know, you're getting a little too close. You're like, no, I'm not. You can't tell me <laughs> yeah. what to do. Yeah. That's a warning sign you actually wow. are. Yeah. 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 Wow. You guys are so smart. <laughs> We're just old. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's great. Thank you so much. I hope that's been helpful. I hope that perspective is helpful to everyone. Um, so, but thank you guys so much for episode seven Q&R. Um, so now we're ready to meet the stream team. Rev, I think you have someone to introduce us to. I really, really do. I love that whenever I forget where to like look and then I find the camera and it's always pointed right at me because our stream team is on top of it at all times. So today I have Joy and she runs this camera right here that you may have seen this perspective that goes, you know, across the, across the stage there. So Joy, when you're not behind this camera, which you are just like all the time, Joy, what do you like to do when you're not behind the camera? Well, I like to read a lot. Like Sometimes mom has a hard time getting me to do something because I'm like, wait, let me finish this chapter or something. Yeah. So I, that's, that's a problem. We have a lot of books around. Yeah, you have one like right there, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you are reading when we're not recording. That's great. So also, how does it feel to be the person on the stream team that is the youngest by at least a decade? How is that dynamic for you? I don't know. I never really thought about it. I don't, I don't feel like there's really any, you know. Yeah, you're just one of the team. Well, there's perks to being related to the tech director, too. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you so much to our whole stream team for making this happen. We appreciate you so very much. Uh, a video before we wrap up tonight, so we're sending you there right now. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for everyone watching. Thank you for Jesus. Help us to love everyone like you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. It's me, Corey Keen, and I'm here with your survival guide and life hacks for living through the quarantine. After finishing my morning meal, uh, then I need to do some hygiene. Now, it's very important not to skip hygiene 
when you're in the quarantine. You got that? Quarantine, don't skip the hygiene. All right, so uh, first thing I got to do is brush my teeth. All right, there we go. I've got to find my pink toothbrush. Good. And Kids Crest is my toothpaste of choice. Very good. And, oh, yeah. There we go. I like to load up the toothpaste on there. I like to get, yep, all the toothpaste I can handle. All right, good. And then I brush. Mm-mm-mm. All right. There we go. Uh, get the molars in the back. Uh-huh. Uh, I can brush my tongue. There we go. Uh, we are good to go. I need a rinse. All right. Very good. Yep. To my right is where I found my water. That's usually where I keep it. Always water on the right. Very good. And mm-hmm. Good to keep your yogurt cup around for a little spittoon. All right. And got to keep a shave, a close shave in the morning. All right. So I got my razor. Good. And my shaving cream. All right, and I pop the top. Yep. Okay, that's interesting. Um, well, when I run out of shaving cream, I like to use chocolate sauce. All right, just put the shaving cream off to the side. I got a little bit of yogurt left, actually, right there. Uh, a little bit of yogurt. I can just spread some of that on my cheeks. All right, that's what happens when you run out. When life gives you a dilemma, you may dilemonade. All right, good. All uh, good. It's good for the skin. It helps exfoliate. That's good. All right. And then I uh, shave it off. All right. Very, oh, the, oh, the mustache. Yeah, I don't want to be having just a mustache. All right. Very good. And razor clean shave. Ooh, there we go. Uh, under the nose. Good. I also like to shave my tongue. Uh, good. All right. We are all set. Oh, the other side, I guess that's important to have a evenly shaven face. Not that I'm going to see anybody out there. All right, very good. And all right, nice. Okay, very good. Um, well, yeah, I got to clean off after doing all that. Okay, let me take a look at myself in the mirror here. Um, yep, there we go. Let's see. Oh, well, looking spiffy. All right, very good. And uh, But I do need a little hair brush, all right? Give myself a, a brush here. Um, yep, there's some hair gel. Put that in. Yep, you had it. It's the red one. Yep. I have, sometimes I talk to myself. All right. And there we go. I know it looks like Old Spice deodorant. That's because it is. But it's the best hair gel, and nobody knows about it. All right. Very good. And then it doubles as deodorant. All right. And then you gotta brush the hair. Oh, where is that hairbrush? I'm always unsure. There we go. I'm so close, I can sense it. Where is my hairbrush? There we go. All right. And then I screw. All right. The secret is seven strokes. There we go. Six and seven. All right. Check out that man bun. All right. And, well, uh, it's time for some exercise. All right, my friends. So here we go. We're going to do some jumping jacks first. Ready? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Very good. All right, down.
crunch the toes. Yeah, that's good. Some crunches ready. just meet that incredibly brilliant person. That's what I would like to meet. Yeah, the commentary was great. I love having that uh, on the stage as well. So if you have been to our Instagram page, which you have. You have. You may notice Wayne still has his beard still on. Still have a beard. And some of you have said, you know, I like Wayne's beard, so that's why I haven't liked the page. That's okay. I have a leg that I could shave as well. So like, if you're like, yo, I want the beard. But if you're like, yeah, let's just go ahead and shave your right leg. I'm okay with that too. I, I'm already married, so do, I don't have to impress anybody. Do we just sweeten the pot? I just, yeah, it could be. So okay, it, it could be. Just go ahead and, and just go ahead and send us a message and just say, okay, would yeah. you rather to see the Got beard it. shaved or the leg shaved? And then go to town. Just That's help right. us spread the word. Hopefully you've had a ton of fun. Hopefully this has been an encouragement to you, but also spiritually challenged you. Yeah. And hopefully this is something that you want to tell your friends about. That's right. I have this figure up here that says 204 people have been on the Instagram page. 204. But only 77 have liked it or have followed it. Yeah. So that means there's some work to do. So if you've been on the page especially, make sure you, you give it a follow. Come on. We're going to take on, this people. beard off. There you All go. Right. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today for Episode 7. This is our amazing team and the stream team here. We thank you so much for joining us. See you next time. See you guys.